This is Cornstalks and Sports Talk, your go-to Iowa-based sports show, hosted by the one and only Elliot Clough. What's up, Cedar Valley? Hello to the Hawkeye State. This is Cornstalks and Sports Talk, your Iowa-based sports show, hosted by me, Elliot Clough. You and I inside of Town Square Media. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Elliot Clough. Recording on this Monday evening, UNI Basketball Media Day was today, and Kevin Lehman, who you will definitely recognize from college basketball broadcasts all across the Missouri Valley, uh, kind enough to join us this evening. Kevin, we appreciate you taking some time tonight. Elliot, my pleasure. I told Ben Jacobs it's three weeks away from college basketball tipping off, and he, I saw a bit of panic in his face. <laughs> he says, only three weeks? I said, yeah, three weeks from tonight is oh, yeah. when – all college basketball tips off. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got a young team, so uh, can't 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 blame him for for being a little nervous. I'm sure he would love a little bit more time to to develop some of those things or some of those guys. But um, and we'll get to that. But but first thing I want to talk about this evening, uh, Kevin, is the big thing from today, which is Austin Fife his health. And while it was news, it wasn't news because we're still in limbo here. Um, and just thoughts there on, on Austin Fife and, and his health and, and, oh, you know, I think we're all hoping that, that he comes back and, and gets to play a little bit of basketball before his uh, college time in college comes to an end. Well, first of all, our thoughts and prayers are out to not only Austin, but his family. Uh, you know, he's really had a rough go. Remember his freshman year, he had that other disease where he was, he was passing out when he stood up. So he had a red shirt that year. And then of course, Dealt with COVID last season, could only play in you know four or five minutes spurts, and now dealing with some uh, on his lungs, some blood clots, and that's really dangerous because as Austin told me, you know, the doc said those blood clots dislodges, it could kill you instantly. So first of all, we want him to be healthy, and obviously as Panther fans, we would love to see him come back, and for him too to have a great senior year. Uh, but it looks like maybe two months from now, uh, around Christmas. First year, they may have a decision whether he can be able to play and start in a league season. Right, right, and and of course, like like we both said, we we both help hope for that for him as as a young man first. But I mean, additionally, I I know you've had some time to talk with Austin. I'm sure, great kid. I could not be a bigger fan of of Austin Fife, and and obviously his his dad and his family have have been really great for the UNI program. Um, and in regards to to the on court. Uh, a topic of, of UNI basketball and, and Fife playing. What's the ceiling for, for this UNI team with Fife versus without Fife to you, Kevin? Well, I think if you put Austin Fife at that five spot and he is 100% healthy type of player we saw two years ago, they have the best center in the league. Uh, without that, they're doing a lot of experience in there. And you know, whether it's going to be uh, uh, Henry in there or Betts, it looks like there's some different options. And those guys are two different looks for you. But uh, Fife's ability to pass the basketball and to score in a low block, he's a guy that's going to draw double teams, which I think this team needs without with the absence of, of A.J. Green and, and those other shooters they had around him. Uh, Noah Carter, of course, gone. But they're going to really miss Trey Burhau because he stood in that corner and attracted the defender. The games I did the last couple of years, they always, those opposing coaches were really concerned about taking a guy like Burhau out of the game. So that element is missing. Hopefully somebody can step up and, and really fill those shoes. I look for uh, Nate Heisey to have a really big year for the Panthers. I'm really excited about Heisey taking more of a, a role on the offensive side of the floor. Obviously, we've seen what Bowen Bourne can do 
Titan Anderson there too. Uh, for me, and I, 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 you know, Harry Schroeder, he um, uh, addressed it in his, his, um, his, his preview for the season. And he thinks that probably around fourth is where the team will finish with Fife versus without Fife. It, it'll, it'll be a mix up. Um, and, you know, one thing that has always stood out to me, I mentioned it a few times here on Cornstalks and Sports Talk about the way other teams view Fife is uh, I was talking with an assistant at the MVC tournament uh this this last season he said you know 2019 we were almost more worried about austin fife than we were about aj green well you think about the league you know gage prim is gone uh of course loyola has left the league also so there aren't a lot of what we call you know true five men or centers in this league this year uh Bradley has a really good one in rank mass i put him on a preseason first team vote but you know he can score in a block but also a three-point shooter but just for power inside, where you have to send a second defender, which immediately distorts your defense. You know, Austin Fife is a guy that does put some fear in other coaches because, you know, we know that Northern Iowa, if you look at their stats, they love that three ball. I used to say they kind of play outside in, and that would certainly help uh, if Fife is healthy. And you never question Father Harry because he's got, <laughs> he's got God on his side, but I think that's a pretty good analogy uh, or estimate that with Fife, I'd probably put him about fourth place. But after that, if he's not there, you get a lot of uh, new faces in there in, inside for the Panthers. And they got to find a way to create some points because of the loss through graduation and A.J. Green departing to the NBA. And that was that was the big question for, for me today is where are those points going to come from? Where's that offensive production going to come from? And it wasn't just from Coach Jake. It was it was from the guys, too. It, it appears that it's going to be Heisey, Bowen Bourne, Titan Anderson. Um, it, it would, those have been the three names that, that came up to you when you were thinking of who would replace that type of production. Well, those guys are most experienced. And uh, I've heard them talk a lot about Michael Duax has really played well. Logan Wolf has shot the ball extremely well. But those guys are unproven freshmen. <laughs> I asked Duax, what was the biggest adjustment from high school to last year, and he said, well, I had to learn to slow down. Uh, and he ran the point guard on the scout team because of some injuries, and I said, well, you weren't even in a real game yet, so it's going to really speed <laughs> up when the th- this thing becomes real. But he's got the physical body. Let's we'll see if he can give them that extra scoring punch. I think he's going to see a team that's got some great balance in scoring uh, spread around. Anderson's got to really get, be a factor for them, I'd say, like 15 feet and in and create some offense with his defense. But we know that Heisey and Bourne are proven scorers in the Valley. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing more of Titan Anderson this season. And I think Panther fans are too. Of course, it was about five to 12 minutes a game last season. He's sort of that, that spark plug. Uh, what do you want to see from him this season to really prove that he has those, those tools that he needs to, to score? Or what, what do you think he needed, he needed to add to his game this offseason? Or, or what do you think we will see that that he uh, will bring to the team this year that maybe we didn't see last year, especially on the offensive side of the floor? Well, Tyson's a high-energy guy, and I always say, you know, he gets from point A to B as fast as anyone I've seen since Wes Washburn to play for the Panthers, and he can really move laterally. I think that with the increased playing time, you're going to see increased production and scoring. We saw him do it in spurts last year, uh, and, you know, he was dynamic in the defensive end in creating some open court opportunities, so I, hopefully that will continue. 
he looks bigger and stronger. I mean, I asked him if he grew today, but he said, no, what everyone's asking him if he's grown an inch, but certainly you can see the definition of his upper body. Now it's a matter of some confidence. And one of the things you have when you move up from being the eighth or ninth man, like he was last year in that starting spot and the guys really leaned on is you can play a little freely and play through some mistakes. Uh, hopefully that will expand this game because you're not looking over your shoulder uh, going to get pulled if you take a bad shot or make a bad decision. He's got to be able to play through that. And sometimes you'll see some players really be able to grab that and, and take the next step. And I think that's what we're all expecting out of Titan Anderson this season. And those three names are the the guys that, that Coach Jake says are definitively going to be starters going into the season. And then, of course, Fife, where that'll that'll play itself out. But who do you think will be the, I guess, essentially – you know, uh, all all the guards kind of are combo guards essentially in the in the UNI system, right? They all play off ball, play on ball. It's it's a mixture of things. But who do you think are going to be in those other two spots for the Panthers on on night one? Well, I think uh, the guy we mentioned earlier, Michael Duaction, what I've seen from practice, what I've talked to the coach about, I think he's going to be slotted in there. And I think you'll probably see Cole Henry maybe start that five spot. But uh, Betts gives him a different look because he can shoot threes. He may be more of what you've seen last year with Noah Carter as that you know hybrid five where he'll spread the floor, and that obviously opens up those baseline cuts that they like so much and uh, spread the defense out a little bit. So I think Betts is going to play a bigger part than he has certainly in the past for this Panther team. And uh, and I think off the bench, you know, the freshman, uh, Trey Campbell, I'm hearing really good things about him. I think he's going to be in that lineup. Uh, Logan Wolf, and I mentioned earlier, they've mentioned his ability to shoot the basketball. So I think that's, if you look at maybe the eight or nine man rotation, that's what I jotted down today when we set that press conference. I, I heard the name Derek Krogman, and I was a little surprised to tell you the truth. The walk on uh, getting his name mixed in there and just the fact that he's been on the bench for, for a good amount of time. I, I haven't, I, I genuinely don't know what he brings to the table. Since you've been to practice, uh, what have you seen from Krogs? Well, they're talking about him as another five man right. uh, to play in that five spot. And I know what they like that offense that Seth Tuttle has implemented his ability to pass from that high post area, which is one of these Cole Henry does too. And I think uh, Krogman can also do that. And he's got some physical presence to him. He doesn't, he isn't real tall, but he's got some toughness to them. And when I watched him, this team was really good defensively. We've seen that from Jacobson's teams in the past, but uh, you know, he kind of went away and really sped up offense. I look for this year's team to have a little slower pace, be more focused at the defensive end. Concern I have is, uh, you know, you get in the shot, shot clock situations. Obviously, it's probably going to go in Bowen Bourne's hands, and he's going to create something. That's a lot different we saw last year with A.J. Green. So someone that, that's a tough role because, you know, that shot clock's been limited to 30 seconds. You see those situations more and more that you've got to be able to play into the, those final seconds of the shot clock and be able to execute. Now, we've I guess we've addressed it in these last few questions. Uh, I asked Coach Jake if if his offensive system would would be di- any different at all this this season, given that Green isn't going to be a part of it, and obviously such a huge talent going to the NBA. Um, were you surprised to hear him say that the base offense is going to remain similar with with Green and and Noah Carter moving on? No, not the base offense. Uh, I, I would, but I think the pace of play is probably going to change a little bit. Because, uh, you know, with Green, they really tried to get more possessions. I don't think this team's going to be a high-possession team. Uh, but what they run offensively, I think you'll see some of the same type, what he, you know, they call the flow offense. But maybe more sets in there. 
to, to try to get specific people shots and so forth. And, and I, what I want to see what they do defensively, if they uh, try to create more with their defense, because, you know, they've run that pack line defense. It's been really solid, but it hasn't created a lot of turnovers and scoring opportunities for this team. And, and the other thing that they've done, the Panthers in the past, is they've sent three people to the offensive glass, which is something, if you go back to the Bennett Cook days, they were sending one guy and getting – they don't want to give up anything in transition. Uh, the last couple of years, they've sent almost sometimes three players to the offensive glass. I look for them to do that again to create – because you got to create some second-chance opportunities if you're not going to create some points off your defense. Another new name that we we haven't really hit yet, Coach Jake talked about a little bit. I got to talk to him uh, a decent amount. It's Ege Peksari coming in all the way from Turkey. Uh, and I asked him, how different is the game here versus in Turkey? He said completely different. Um, one thing that I also have gathered in the little bit that I've been able to watch Ege is the kid has eyes in the back of his head. Those <laughs> passes. Um, what, what are your impressions of, of Ege? And do you think he'll see the floor much this season? Yeah, when he, I was going down that lineup. That's the one guy I forgot. I think he's going to be in that rotation because his ability to make plays. Uh, it's a different lifestyle over there. And I talked to him quite a bit to Eggy today about that. You know, he's played with older guys. He was a soccer player. He said until he was 12. Then he got involved in basketball. Then he got you know invited with a club team. And you're playing against grown men. In fact, one story, Ellie, he told me he was playing against a guy that was older than his father. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I so didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, they're immediately indoctrinated, thrown in, thrown to the wolves, so to speak. And those old guys kind of teach you some of the tricks of the trade. Now, it, so offensively, and they they really teach, there's less off the bounce in Europe, and there's more passing. So where we see all the ball screens here in, in uh, college basketball, there's less of that overseas. There's a lot of high ball screens, but then they start to chain. The ball really flies around to get the open shooter. And it's a little bit what we've seen in the new wave college basketball. It's a lot of threes and a lot of scoring at the rim. Uh, but his ability, I saw the same thing you saw. He can really find open people. He'll, he can drive the opposite weak side of the floor and throw the ball back behind his head and make plays for people. And I think with that spread offense that the Panthers are using, this is a guy, Eggy, that's going to be uh, – fit very well in what they're trying to do you know the first thing i said to him today was we have to break the controversy how do we pronounce your first name <laughs> that was, and he answered it really well he was like how do you think <laughs> so i and uh he's he's been he's been really fun to talk with so far but uh last last thing we'll talk about here specifically with you and i basketball before we transition a little bit into to mbc as a whole is Duax is a guy that, that you've talked about a, a decent amount here this evening. Um, I know it's a, a guy that the Panther fan base is really excited about. Uh, and when I was talking with Nate Heisey today, um, I said I asked him if he'd still be that primary defensive guy. He told me, yeah, and, and did a phenomenal job of it last year. And I, I, I asked him in regards to Taiwan was sort of the other guy that was known for the defense, right, uh, on, on mm -hmm. the team last season. Who's going to be that guy this season? And he said it was it was Michael Duax. Um, to me, what I think the difference is for Duax, as to not not that the other guys don't necessarily have this, but just the sheer athleticism that Duax possesses, um, and of course that wingspan. And um, what do you see there? Do you see him being that guy on the defensive side too? He certainly looks the part. I mean, big, physical, big shoulders. You know, really cut. And very active, can move laterally, got good hands and feet. So 
Yeah, I can see that. You know, and Nate Heisey is one of those guys who can just – he's a lockdown defender. Dumas kind of looks at like he has some of those same attributes physically. Now, I haven't watched him. Where you get interesting is that defense, once a team distorts you, your ability to scramble out of that and match up, on, especially on shooters. And that's one of the things that uh, Ben Jacobson's team has been very good at. They drill on it all the time to, to, to fake their double teams and get back in position. Uh, how they come out of double teams, whether they double a post with another post, double with a perimeter player. They have a lot of different things. And whenever I have a game with Coach Jake, that's always one of the questions. What are you going to do in the post? And his answer is always the same. We'll change it up. <laughs> they'll do it from a number of ways. You know, They'll double from the baseline side. They'll send uh, a, a, a perimeter player from the same side wing that the pass is made to. And they'll send a guy from a weak side. So they kind of keep you guessing in that. Area, so you've got to be really mentally sharp if you're going to play in the, the Ben Jacobson system. So you know you got to have some basketball IQ. I think that's one of the reasons why Heisey uh, was so good at it. And he told me today too that Nate Heisey, his sister was named the best hockey player in the world, I believe. I didn't know so in the world. Yeah, she's like she's like big time. Wow. She is, uh, you know, plays for the Gophers. Going to be a senior this year because we've kind of always followed her his her career and a. I asked him how he get away from hockey, and he this one of those things he gravitated to as a little younger age. Sure. Uh, so I, I, one more thing, I, my mistake about the the UNI team that I wanted to address, um, maybe not the team specifically, but the schedule going into this season. Um, Coach Jake said seven of those ten non conference games are against teams that were in the, the top one hundred in the net or finished in the top one hundred in the net. What do you think of that schedule? I mean, I don't I don't know that it could necessarily be better. Well, I, they've done it the last couple of years. If you look at last year's schedule, too, you had, they, they had that game at Richmond with home. They had uh, Jackson State. Yeah. Art, well, and here's what he's doing. He's going to always play a team like Arkansas. This year's Virginia on the road. Uh, and basically that's to really prepare you uh, and find out what your weaknesses are. But they've, what they've done, the home scheduling, I really give them kudos because you see a, a lot of the Valley teams – are not scheduling strong their non-conference. And that's one of the beefs we've had is, you know, this is their transition year for the Valley. Belmont coming in, Murray State coming in, teams with great tradition. Can the Valley be a multiple bid league? And I think this is a big year for that. But what they've got to get more teams to schedule aggressively like the Panthers are doing. You know, back in the day, and I'm going to age myself here, Elliot, when I coached, of course, I coached Austin Fife's father. That's how old I am. But we had a real luxury that we had a home and homes with Iowa. We had a home and home with Iowa State. And we even had a four-year home and home series with Nebraska. So every other year we had two of the power fives coming into the, the dome at that time before the McLeod Center. Doesn't happen anymore. Uh, with the Big Ten going to 20-game schedule, even the Big Four Classic went away. So and that's one of the reasons why I asked Coach Jake about the 20-game league schedule. Has taken some pressure off the non-conference schedule of Valley teams because it's hard to get – remember back in North Carolina came in with Marcus Page and got beat. I mean, once that happened, no one was coming to the Cloud Center to play the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Um, so, again, Kevin Lehman joining us today here on uh, Corn Stocks and Sports Talk. So, transition more to, to the MVC as a whole. Uh, the preseason awards, I believe they'll be announced on Wednesday, um, which – it, that's of course the the preseason rankings, preseason awards, etc. Um, who are your top four or five teams in the conference this season? Who do you believe um, will very well have a, a chance to to win this thing this year? 
Well, I go on a Valley tour, so I've seen – tomorrow I'm going to see Missouri State. It'll be my ninth team of the 12 teams that I've seen practice. And, uh, you know, obviously I was pointing toward Drake because of what they return. I mean, this is an old team. They got – DJ Wilkins will turn 25 before the season starts. He's going to be a quarter century old. And you've got Penn <laughs> and Sturts. Those guys are 24 years old. Uh, so they're a team that has got the age. We know in the Valley two things win for you. It's you got to grow old and you got to have great guard play. Now, I also say when I was down to watch him play, Rowan Pinsel had a boot on from his bo- broken foot in the surgery. Uh, and, you know, they got Sturge and they've got what I think is the best player in the league in Tucker DeVries, Darren's son. And here's the scary part Darnell Brody looked, he dropped about 10 pounds. He looked really good. He was very active for the Bulldogs. So if he is in shape, there's a, there's a force in the middle that they're missing. They, they need their transfer, Calhoun, who came in from Texas Tech. He's kind of the, the uh, Hemp Hill version, uh, real athletic guy. If he comes on and kind of finds his way, they're going to be really, uh, you know, not only in the Valley, but a team that's going to be recognized nationally. I, I really like the pieces that they have put together. They're going to miss uh, Tremel Murphy. He was their enforcer. They need to – every team at the top needs a tough guy. I'm not sure who their tough guy is going to be yet. But after that, I – I had a toss-up between Bradley and Southern because Bradley is loaded in the front court. Rank Mass coming back. Uh, uh, Leon's who came as a Juco last year. It looks much better. And the big boost they have is Deshaun Henry, who was out most of last season with a concussion. Is gonna He's back and decided to come back for that extra year. They have an excellent front line. Their point guard position is going to be new with Terry Roberts transferring to Georgia. They got a Dean Dukes from Troy. A little, he's a little guy, but he's a Jet. And Southern, I was impressed by, too. They are loaded in the backcourt. Uh, Juwan Newton transferred from Evansville. They have a point guard, Xavier Johnson, a transfer from George Mason, probably the straight starting point guard. And, of course, you got Lance Jones and Marcus Damas back. So that, that's a really solid team. But my sleeper at number four is Indiana State. They're going to surprise some people. Really? Okay, tell me more. Well, they got Xavier Bledson coming back. Uh They've got Cooper Neese back, and they went to the Division II ranks and got a player out of Truman State that was player of the year in that league. Uh, I have to pull my notes out to see his name, but he's a big that can – he's kind of what I call the poor man's uh, Krupwig. Plays below the rim, soft hands, can score left right, but can make threes. And they're a team that plays a different style. They like that three ball. When I was at the practice, they chart threes, and they chart – Baskets at the rim. They don't like contested twos. It's kind of that what we're seeing in the NBA. A uh, huge NBA influence there. So I think that's going to be a really difficult team uh, to guard. And I like. I think their style of play is going to be a real refresh, a breath of fresh air in this valley. You mentioned Tucker DeVries being the uh, best player in the NBC. Is he going to win that Larry Bird trophy this year? Is he your prediction? I tell you what, if he stays healthy, I mean, he was so impressive as a freshman. I had that game of Loyola where they're, they're up, what, a point with about a minute, 20 left, and he hit a deep NBA three at Loyola. Now, freshmen just don't do that. But here's the difference this year. You know, last year he deferred to all those older guys. This is his team. You can tell when you walk into practice that he is the, he is the man. They know it. He knows it. Uh, and that's going to really give him uh, that huge bit of confidence to go from that freshman year to that sophomore year. So I, what I've seen, he's the best player in the league. Similarities with with him and AJ Green are eerie going into this sophomore year. 
Um, lots of lots of talent on that Drake team. I, I don't have a vote, but they would be my pick to, to win the MVC. Um, like you mentioned, 25 years old. Oh my gosh, that's insane. <laughs> and then well, the joke is they're gonna be some of those guys will be collecting social security benefits before they get done. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, Sardar Calhoun is a guy that uh, I, I'm really excited to to see what he brings as well. Uh, last thing for you, Kevin, before we let you go. How excited are you uh, about these uh, additions of, of Belmont and Murray State? Obviously, UIC, it, the MVC stays in, in that uh, Chicago market. Um, how, how excited are you? Because these are these are nationally acclaimed basketball programs. Murray State always among the, the, the best in the country. Well, Ellie, I tell you what, we lose a team that was in the Final Four a few years ago. We're in the Sweet 16 two years ago, but the league is better. And that's a strange thing to say, but when you add the pedigrees of Belmont and Murray State, you know, those are teams that are traditionally with high nets. Uh, they've battled out to Ohio Valley for years, and I did the Ohio Valley package for the last couple of years, so I got to see those teams up close. Now, unfortunately for them this year, especially Murray State, of his 14 roster players, he's got one returning starter who averaged about six a game, and he's got a returning walk-on. The other 12 are new guys, so they're – they're a mix of transfers, JUCOs, and youngsters. He's got some really good-looking freshmen. Uh, and this is, you know, Steve Prohm, the ex-coach at Iowa State that was there before. And here's the thing about Murray State. Look at their history. Point guard you, John Morant has come out of there. Cameron Payne has come out of there. Isaiah Cannon. They have found players in those small towns in the South and put them in the NBA. So we look for that con to continue. It's been also a hotbed for coaches. Mick Cronin got his start there, and there's a whole – number of other coaches that have come through there. And Belmont, you know, Nashville is a beautiful city, as we know. They have a gorgeous campus. Uh, and Corey Alexander, this is his, I think, starting his third year. Uh, and Coach Bird had been there for like 25 years. And he, and he played there. He was an assistant there. Went to Liskin as a head coach and came back. So that's been a seamless transfer for them. But they've graduated a couple of players that were really successful. Ben Shepard comes back for him. But, uh, you know, I just think that adds so much to the Valley. Murray State's going to be amazing when you go down there because it's 9,000 people in that arena and it is packed. Belmont, beautiful city in Nashville. It adds so much. And of course, UIC, we always talk about you got to stay in the Chicago market because so many of the Valley teams recruit in that area. Uh, and as Ben Jacobs said today, they could be the sleeping giant like Loyola was when they joined years ago. Kevin, great stuff as always. Really appreciate you. We're definitely going to have to get you on throughout the basketball season if you can withstand it amid all the other appearances you make. I got to ask you, how did you get the name Cornstalks? And, <laughs> and Sports Talk? Talk? Uh, you know, uh, it's an Iowa-based sports show, and it's but it's not just the Iowa Hawkeyes. So I, want, I do talk about Iowa State as well. And so – um yeah that's that's kind of well, like i wanted to allude to the fact that it's about <laughs> iowa but not say iowa so um yeah I, well I, I, like I, the, I, I grew up on a farm so and i still got four brothers that are on the farm so i really appreciate that name the corn stalks hey hey no ag talk here from me just sports <laughs> talk um again he is kevin layman uh great stuff as always go follow him on twitter it's at k layman sports uh kevin we will uh we'll definitely talk again all right. Thanks, Elliot.